Well, good morning, everyone, and good morning, Cousin Jody. How are we doing on this uh, What is Love Part 2 edition, the sober edition? How are you doing this morning, hon? I'm good. And I was just thinking... And there's your voice. It's your podcast voice. And I was thinking, (laughs) what's love got to do, got to do with it? Well, (laughs) according according to, we're still discussing this book, Awareness, that everybody seems to be reading, except for me, uh, this (laughs) Anthony DeMello, who's apparently been dead donkey's years. I think he died in 1987, and I don't know why he's having like a a renaissance, as they Mm. say in Europe, but he's having a resurgence of some sort. Van Gogh didn't get popular or famous Mm. until after he was dead. So I suppose, you know, the same can happen for this dude. Well, I think, um, (laughs) yeah, but I wonder, is that anything to do with the fact that there's a sudden surge in the need for self-awareness? Oh, my God. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Well, the whole COVID, the pandemic, all that shit lockdown, huge surge in online dating, huge surge in people kind of reevaluating their lives starting and stopping businesses which we know all about you know yeah. it's 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 people are having lots of uh well kind of midlife crises uh-huh yeah moments. aha moments midlife yeah. well not even necessarily midlife crises but just life crises unfortunately yeah and also i think the the awareness of like mental health is much higher now Huge. as well so more people sort of reaching out for you know counseling services so maybe that's just then directing people well into- look i mean if we can take anything good away from this whole bullshit uh, is you know that we all we all knew the world was crazy we all knew everyone was suffering and but everybody yeah. was kind of doing it in silence in the dark in the shadows sweeping things under the rug and even people who do the work and go to therapy and work on themselves we still kind of did it silently you know and now it's out there for everyone everyone's mm. talking about it everyone's like man we didn't realize just how fucked up most people are <laughs> yeah. and i yeah. say that with love i mean we're all you know we're all a little kooky aren't we yeah we all need a little bit of tweaking that's fine you know but i think it's really kind of the whole pandemic has shown a spotlight on it but look this anthony de Mello, he had if you heard the first portion of our our rum and coke edition uh, <laughs> yesterday that we published mm. um I, I I like the book so far. I'm enjoying a lot of what he's saying. I'm agreeing with a lot of what he's saying. I'm also not agreeing with some of what he's saying. Last night I was in a tizzy because he was saying that you never really are in love with anyone. And I thought that was just a load of absolute mm-hmm. garbage. But here in this part of the book, I, I do find he kind of contradicts himself mm-hmm. here. Saying nothing about love. How would I describe love? I decided to give you one of the meditations I'm writing in a new book of mine. I'll read it to you slowly. He kind of talks to us like we're stupid. I don't like that. (laughs) I'll read it to you slowly. You meditate on it as we go along because I've got it put down in short form here so I can get it done in three or four minutes. Otherwise, it would take me half an hour. It's a comment on a gospel sentence. I'd been thinking of another reflection from Plato. One cannot make a slave of a free person. For a free person is free, even in prison. It's like another gospel sentence. If a person makes you go one mile, go two. You may think you've made a slave out of me by putting a load on my back, but you haven't. If a person is trying to change external reality by being out of prison in order to be free, he is a prisoner indeed. Freedom lies not in external circumstances. Freedom resides in the heart. When you have attained wisdom, who can enslave you? Anyhow, listen listen to the gospel sentence I had in mind earlier. He sent the people away, and after doing that, he went up to the mountain to pray alone. It grew late, and he was there all by himself. That's what love is all about. Has it ever occurred to you that you can only love when you are alone? What does it mean to love? It means to see a person, a situation, a thing as it really is, 
not as you imagine it to be, and to give it the response it deserves. You can hardly be said to love what you did not even see. And what prevents us from seeing? Our conditioning, our concepts, our categories, our prejudices, our projections, the labels that we have drawn from our cultures and our past experiences. Seeing is the most arduous thing that a human can undertake, for it calls for a disciplined, alert mind. But most people would much rather lapse into mental laziness than take the trouble to see each person, each thing, in its present moment of freshness. God damn it. <laughs> all right, Anthony might be right about... Uh, yeah, all right. Now, look, I... I, I I don't exactly know what he means by you only love when you're alone. Uh, okay. Does he mean like it's a solitary act? Perhaps. Just because I'm in love with my partner doesn't mean he's going to wake up tomorrow in love with me. I mean, he, like people fall out of love for whatever reason. Things happen. Mm. So, I mean, in that way, yeah, sure. But I would agree with him. You can't love something that you don't truly see. And I yeah. think that's why, th for me, this is so different and refreshing is because this man truly sees me. Yeah. I believe that I truly see him. And so, like, when when DeMello says about that most people would much rather lapse into mental laziness, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if I had had a disciplined, alert mind as a younger woman, mm. well, I did in some areas, but not in romance. I had no bleeding clue what I was yeah. doing. I was yeah. stupid. I was dopey. I just, if I'd had a disciplined and alert mind in regards to men, well, I wouldn't. And maybe what you know love what I mean. should look like too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Hello. Um, yeah, I mean, I would. Agree, I mean, I would agree with that because I think. I mean, what did I write in? You know, my um, my diary for you when I, when you were looking for somebody. What did I write? Mm. One of the first things I said was somebody that would actually truly see you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. that. Because for me, you know, it's sort of easy to throw around. Oh, I love this person. Or I love mm. that person. Or if we look back on it, but actually really loving somebody is actually seeing them. And so that's when I think maybe when you actually fall, not in lust with somebody, because lots of people do that, yeah. but actually fall in love with somebody, it's maybe just because they are authentically being who they are and you're authentically seeing that. Right. So Which then gives you the safety and the safe space to then go, yeah, I can, this person's being completely authentic with me. Guess yeah. what? Holy shit. I can be completely authentic with them. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then all these little walls and barriers that people have up completely just go crumbling down. Yeah. So isn't that love? I think so. I think but so. I think there's a tremendous amount of safety in love. Well, yes, because isn't there safety that with our children? It's like an unconditional love. Yes. And so it's, you know, and that baby is looking at you and just loving you for exactly who you are. And of course, you're loving that, you know, instinctually, instinctively, yeah, instinctively, yeah, yeah. but right. it's, you know, so it's sort of, I think, but I think with adult love or whatever, yes, I think in your situation, Sean actually saw you, the person, you know, not, you know. Yeah. And he felt completely comfortable to then be himself. Yes. He even said to me, one of the first things he ever said to me was, I feel safe with you. What yeah. a bizarre and wonderful statement for a man to make about a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And you how know, important that is. how important for the two people in the relationship to feel safe with one another. That's yeah. that's huge. Yeah. And you look back and you go, did I, you know, you look at your previous relationships and you go, did I feel really safe with that person? No, I never did. I mean, my my ex-husband, yeah. I hate to keep because I don't want to be like 
trash talking him. Not that my children will ever no, hear this the podcast. Most significant relationship. <laughs> no, but it's the most significant relationship we've had. Well, unfortunately, so yes, it is. In the, it's a really sad thing to admit that so thus far, yeah, it's been the most significant because it took up such a huge fucking chunk of my life and it did produce two gorgeous little human beings who are far better people than their parents. So I include myself in that. I mean, you know, they make me look bad. That's great. <laughs> That's good. That means I'm doing my job somewhat or I got extraordinarily lucky, you know. But no, I mean, I look back and part of my malaise that was always there with my ex-husband, unfortunately, and this is not, again, trashing him. It's just just the truth. And part of my malaise was I never truly felt safe with him. Yeah. In lots of different ways. Lots of different ways. But truly never really felt that he had my back. Well, no, even team. But even down to little things like where are you able to be yourself you no, know, with, you know, you're, you're he hated the acting. He hated the belly dancing. Oh, he used to come in and creep on me in our in our townhouse in Houston. He'd watch me belly dance in the sitting room and I'd catch him and I go, oh, and I, what are you doing? You know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, he yeah. thought it was sexy, but he didn't like it if I did it out in public. He didn't like the stand up comedy. Oh, yeah. Would tell me stuff like, oh, your dad says you're wasting your time with stand up. He, he wants to see you acting again. And I'm going, my dad would have never fucking said that. He yeah. would have never said it to you. Well, yeah. First of all. Yeah. You know, my daddy wasn't going to be sharing his deep, dark secrets about his daughter with his fucking no. No. wanker of a son-in-law. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just didn't happen. But no, I mean, look, before we get too off topic, I mean, uh, why, you know, this Anthony DeMello saying you're never really in love with, ah, uh, you are, because I literally remember falling in love with my children. Yeah. I remember happening now, and it doesn't happen the same time or way for every woman who gives birth, and maybe for some people, unfortunately, it never happens, and they don't even realize it or cop it, but yeah. I fell in love with my children. I was bowled over by it. It was a wave of energy and emotion and... yeah. You know, and suddenly realizing, holy shit, this person is now new to the world. Completely my responsibility. They're on the outside. They're vulnerable. Yeah. You'd nearly want to walk around with them in your uterus the whole time. <laughs> go, can I just, like, give birth to a fully functioning 30-year-old? Because <laughs> yeah. this other stuff is scary. Yeah. yeah. We, we make ourselves so vulnerable as parents. Isn't that an act of love? You become, You make yourself vulnerable to the person that you love or the people that you love. Well, you do. And I suppose that if we look at the, the name of this book, you know, is now awareness. So mm. maybe the more aware you are, the more, you know. The what is it? No, <laughs> Sorry, I'm an Egypt. Go on. Sorry, the more aware you are, the more. No, but I just think, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, you don't you wouldn't fall in love with someone if you didn't have a, like a fair amount of self-awareness or awareness in general. Mm. So maybe sort of that book, he's sort of generalizing a little bit in how people are mostly not don't have awareness well yeah look because he, he's saying like to really 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 see somebody and to really mm. love them is to be fucking paying attention basically yeah. to have yeah. your eyes wide open and it, it seeing is the most arduous thing that a human can undertake for it calls for a disciplined alert mind He's right. It's mm. too easy. He's talking about we fall into the traps of our past experiences, our cultures, mm -hmm. our prejudices, okay that I can see our conditioning. Yeah, projections, labels, shit that's been put on us by society that we go, oh, yeah, it's just much easier just to fall back into that comfort kind of on autopilot. You're yeah. not really, really thinking about it. You think you are. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah. You're yeah. not. I mean, there were things, you know, in past relationships, you know, you date this guy, you date that guy, and you go, oh, that really bothers me. But how I approached it when I was a young woman, as opposed to now in middle age, it's 
it's just so completely different, uh, you know, I, and I suppose that's a recurring thing we, we hear about women as they get older is that they just refuse to put up with the shit that they put up with when they were young, inexperienced girls. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wonder if that's probably the reason why so many uh, people as they get older can end up being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're fucking tired of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you just because you, you do just see go more. fuck it. I'm not doing this. Well, you know, there are some people I suppose go blindly through life, and they yeah. don't. You know, they don't they have their eyes in. wide open, and they don't see things, and they just kind of plod along. But yes. I think you know, if you're anyway, you know, like us, where we do like these kind of books, we mm. do like these kind of you know documentaries, and we like to push ourselves, and we have a fair amount of of awareness, and we're all the time working on ourselves. So. Well, would, self-examination, sorry, yes. self-examination is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and sorry. I think we have a huge amount of that. So I think that that would make us then, you know, uh, make it a little bit more difficult maybe to end up with the, you know, the the wrong person because we're just not going to be. Well, at least not at this not point. Not now. Uh, no, not now. When we were younger, maybe we, oh. were, we were clueless. Well, also, yeah. like, kind of look at, you have to look at also, like, what was, of course, given to you as an example by your parents. Yeah. And this isn't a slight at anyone who's a single parent or divorced or whatever, because I know plenty of married folks who stayed married when they shouldn't have and gave shit examples to their children that way. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, the uh, the adult children are in their 50s now looking at their parents in their 80s going, you know, man, you know, like <laughs> they wasted their life or they stayed with the wrong person. They were fucking miserable and they, by proxy, made everyone around them miserable. But you do look at the love that is shown to your parents by the other one, if any. I mean, my parents were divorced before I was, what, I was three, I think. I don't remember my parents together. So then even when they were separated, what I grew up was with a lot of fighting and and, and acrimony and hostility and my dad getting sick of her and my mom being a troublemaker. And you kind of go, well, how is it? How can she lead me down the path of what it is to be a woman and what it is to look for in a partner that would be healthy when she herself couldn't do that? And, you know, she had the gall to ask me on many, many, many occasions how I was with my ex-husband for so long and I didn't see that he was batshit crazy or I didn't see that he had these psychopathic, psychopathic tendencies. Or da, da, da. How could you be with someone like that? And, da, da. and I'm going, I looked at her and I went, really? <laughs> like, you're one to fucking talk, lady. I mean, yeah. now my dad, no, her first husband, I'm not talking about her. Her first husband wasn't necessarily the greatest, healthiest thing in the world. My dad was a great guy. I Look, I, I fully admit I put my dad on the pedestal. Loved the bones of that man. Yeah. He wasn't perfect. And yeah. I know that he had flaws. One of which was, man, he left the ladies in the dust. Like he was not putting up with nobody's shit. And I sometimes think I've often wondered if I am definitely my father's daughter because it's like not commitment phobes, not, yeah. not, not, but just, and I think also that's part of the reason why I stayed with my ex-husband as long as I did, because aside from the fact that we had a son, which mm. even before we had the daughter, I, was afraid that maybe I was a little bit of a commitment phobe. Because again, like we said right. last night, I was mm. always the one breaking up with the boys. I was always yeah. the one going, gotta go, later, see ya. I didn't want to be seen as a commitment phobe. Yeah. So I stayed really, I tried really hard in my marriage. I tried really, really hard. I didn't want to marry him. Yeah, I didn't I- want to marry him, but I felt like I, he, I got pregnant. We'd been dating for years and years and years. He had asked me to marry him. I had given him back the engagement ring, gave him another chance, got pregnant. So then, then decided I owed it to my kid 
to do the right thing. We'll always work harder where there's children involved. Of course. You know, I think, you know, I think that that's just, but, you know, like, well, even with my own uh, marriage, you know, breakup, uh, it's probably one of the reasons. Well, it's, um, I don't know. I think it's innately who I am. It's just, I'm I'm, I'm just not naturally a, a fighting person. So I wouldn't have wanted to fight with my ex, but it's also I was very aware of setting a mm. good example to our children that, OK, you know, uh, we should no longer be together as a husband and wife, but mm. we can still come together as friends and as parents to these mm. two children that we brought into the world. They didn't ask to be here. We brought mm. them here. Um, so I think or I'm hoping that our example of being able to be OK with each other and accept our you know, differences, except that we weren't, you know, a good match together, mm. but we can still be friends is going to be a good example for my so children. So important. It's so yeah. important for the kids, the people who put the kids first. I'm very jealous of it. I'm not going to lie. I wish that I, there's just more that I could do, but I know at this point in time, there's not. I wish I could have that dynamic. I wish that, well, you wish for lots of things, don't you? You actually yeah. do, you know, kind of go, well, I still would wish that person well. But so many people think that what you have going on with your ex and what yeah. lots of people have going on with their ex, that amicable yeah. split, most people find that odd and think that it's crazy. Yeah. And they agree it's how it should be. But most of the time, it's not. Most people are actually quite uncomfortable, actually, with myself and not. And actually, the fact that wow. we're friends, I would think I would think the vast majority of people that are around me probably think it's highly strange that we would... You know, not only just actually be like on talking terms, because I understand lots of people can break up and they can sort of, you know, not be best pals, but they can be just, let's say, like right. amicable, you know. They can just, be in the same room at least. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, obviously, like with, with, you know, my ex, I mean, we, you know, I mean, as time has gone on, because we're now nearly five years separated, I mean, as time's gone on, we're naturally not hanging out with each other as much as we did at first right. but we can still we would still do like dinner together yeah. or you know take the kids out for food or have a of coffee course. together hang out or like yesterday centered around the children yeah. or like yesterday him coming yeah. to help you out yeah like, that's over. normal yeah exactly and it's sort of you know such an important uh, example for the kids well i think it's great because it just sets a good example exactly to the yeah. kids that okay while it didn't work out right you know if you think about when you start off with this person you know, you, you don't start off hating the person. Nope. So I'd rather not end on that either. Yep. And I understand that's not always um, available to everybody. And I get that. Uh, but lucky for me that it is with myself and my ex that we are able to do that. So strange to me that people would have an opinion on that. I think they would. Because I, I mean, I think that, you know, the same as like, uh, you know, men who stay friends with their, you know, ex-wives. I think a lot of people would be quite uncomfortable with that. Well, I, I did hear a bit of that. Yeah, I, I did yeah. hear a bit of that, that. There were, you know, people that if they were dating this per particular person in that situation that they, oh, yeah, they didn't like that. And I just think that's bonkers. I'm, I'm like, I, I think that's a great quality. I would love that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand yeah. people who get on that way. But I mean, going back to, I, well, I think that's max of insecurity, if I'm honest. I think, no, any, I, think, yeah. I think any woman or man who's dating somebody new who says, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually very good friends with my ex because we have kids together and we yeah. see each other a lot and blah, 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 spend time together for the kids and trips and dinners. And anyone who would get bristly at that, I think you're just an insecure asshole. I'm sorry. Well, I, that's I just, where, you know, that's where a lack of maybe trust comes in. Well, jealousy. You must, you must be a very jealous person. Yeah, because I think for me, uh, 
you know, I've always been like, I'll I'll trust you until you prove otherwise. Mm. So it's sort of like it's not like I'm in, I'm I'm throwing all my trust in somebody mm. else, but I just I just kind of go with what's being presented to me. Yeah. So I think uh, for me, I wouldn't get like if I was dating somebody and they get on well with their ex. Cool. I wouldn't be threatened by that yeah. because I know that I've got no control over that person. So I, I have no control over that whether that person will stay loyal well, to me yeah, or not, absolutely. or will stay with me or leave. Absolutely. All I can do is go in the moment, trust what that person's presenting to me, and not. I just don't worry outside of that. I think I've always been that person, and as time gone on, I'm even more that person. Absolutely. So somebody's well, ex wouldn't threaten me. No, not at all. No. Especially, God, if they were a jerk. Maybe you'd go, oh, this sucks. But if they're yeah. nice and everybody's getting along, then yeah, what's great. the problem? But I mean, right here when DeMello talks about um, you may think you've made a slave out of me by putting a load on my back. Um, Whereas if a person is trying to change external reality by being out of prison in order to be free, he is a prisoner indeed. Freedom lies not in external circumstances. Freedom resides in the heart. See, that's the thing I think that a lot of people conflate with marriage. There are no guarantees in this life. No. You could promise you could get married and everything's going great. But at the end of the day, you don't own that person. Yeah. You don't own their body. Yeah. You don't own their choices. You don't own you don't own them. They're not your fucking property. They're with you because they have free will, because they make the choice every day to yes. be with you. And that's the way it should be, because that to me is real lasting love. Yeah. When people feel trapped, as I did in my marriage, that was horrible. Yeah. And he did, and I'm again, I don't want to turn this into the bashing him show. I'm just saying that some of the toxic things that he did in our marriage, he kept me very busy. I was a busy fool. I was always yeah. putting out fires. And so this part here resonates with me about the, you know, you may have think that you made a slave out of me by putting a load on my back, but you haven't. I mean, it was ridiculous. He wanted to keep me under his thumb. He did not want the marriage to end. And as the separation wore on and he saw that I was serious about divorcing him, he lost the plot. Now, who would want to be with somebody that doesn't want to be with you? He actually told me once... I don't know how close we were to getting divorced, but, you know, obviously this was several years ago. He literally told me once, standing in what was my house at the time, he literally told me, well, I've just decided I just don't think this is over between us. And I said, well, sorry, what? I've decided that it's not over between us. Right. And I was like, uh, I hate to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works you don't get to make the decisions for both of us which then again of course yeah. was kind of you know Im implicated kind of how he was in the relationship like seriously like you don't get to say it's not over because yeah. i've decided it's not over that's not how it was what you, you have to have and and again i think that a lot of women and men but especially women at least society tells us that women yeah. get all hopped up about the concept of marriage like that's the end all be all yeah I want to be chosen every day. Yeah, marriage doesn't... It doesn't necessarily have to come with a ring and a, and a paperwork and a ceremony. And a, if that's what you both want, fucking A, go for it. But don't demand that shit. And don't think if you've got somebody marrying you that, mm. oh, ha, 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 I've got them now. No, you don't. You don't have shit. Yeah, marriage just doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't it doesn't... It doesn't sway me one way or the other mm. now. I really mm. don't. I, I know we've talked about this before. Mm, mm, mm. And, you know, whether I would want to get married mm. again or not. And I'm like, yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't really care for it. It wouldn't, I wouldn't need it personally yeah. with somebody. I mean, I know that, I, I don't know if that would, ch if I would 
if that will change in time how I feel about that but for me I don't really need it mm. I mean I think uh, like what you said just somebody showing every day that they want to be there yeah is, showing up being yeah. there loving me yeah just being I, would with take, my... I would take that over a piece of paper that then you know they turn around in a year and they don't love you anymore I mean, yeah, now you're I, married and you Well, it know. doesn't guarantee. I mean, no, it doesn't guarantee anything. No, no it doesn't guarantee no. anything. So. It really doesn't bother me. If I was with someone, they really wanted to get married again and I was okay with it, great. I'd probably consider it. Mm. I don't know, but I'm like, yeah. Whereas I know your feelings are much stronger about wanting to. Yeah, you know, but remarry. it's also, but it's also the kind of thing that, like, you know, I think, I think sometimes we go through that bitter phase after a divorce where you're like, I'm never getting married again. You know, <laughs> come hell or high water. And then you go, oh, yeah, but this one's good. I like it, you know well yeah. so that it would be like and he knows this i've said like i'm it's not something that i would expect or demand yeah but, but is it but he, is it a brainwashing like is getting like if we think society, about what he's saying in this book about yeah. you know brainwashing and mm, you know prejudices. society and prejudice right so is getting married one of those things because if you really break down why like if you're with your per your right person you've met your perfect person mm, for you mm. You know, obviously, and I'm just saying perfect person for you because there's no perfect general, person. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect person, person for you. For you, yeah. you know, and, you know, it's like just it. You've mm. you've met your person and they... and You've same met th- your match. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So if we think about it, right. So why do we need to get married? Mm. Well, I, I'm not really sure. Maybe... Well, now everything's different. Yeah. But society in the past, in the history of society, it was always a, it was, well, it's a wonderful tool for raising children. Wanda Sykes, the stand-up comedian, said that in her special. Mm. She was married for a while. She's a lesbian now, I think. She said it. Marriage is a wonderful tool for raising children. Mm. Is it? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be. I mean, in theory, it goes well. Well, in theory, if it all goes well, you have lots of couples that get married, or sorry, that don't get married, that are together for years, for decades, have a family, and they're never married, and they're still each other's bonded partner. Yeah. Whereas you've got other people who get married, have the children, hello, looking at myself here, Mm. and if, if I'd stayed with him... I'd be absolutely fucking miserable. I probably would have fucking offed myself. I'm not even joking. And I've never thought like that. But I was getting to a point where I was like, one of us is going to die. It's like, uh, <laughs> one of us, they're going to find one of our bodies. So I <laughs> would really appreciate it if you would leave now. Like, yeah, Jesus. I well, mean, maybe I think, well, you know, but yeah, but that's just, that was just your relationship. It, was, yeah. it wasn't right. But it wasn't the marriage. because No, ma- it wasn't the marriage so, that made it fucked up. No. It's not like we were delightful so, and happy and then got married and it ruined yeah. it. No. So the reason for marriage... So so if you look, if we look, I will. I mean, for me, I don't know. I've, I don't give it any huge amount of mm. thought because I can't really get my head around the actual reason for mm. getting married. Married, mm. you know, maybe from a, like a legal point of view. Married, okay. married, as opposed to lesser married. <laughs> just, you know, I'm just, I know you what know, you mean. But you know what I mean, like no, a legal I, marriage. Well, I you don't know, think versus... you're that into labels, and I think no, marriage is a label, isn't it? I think there's something. There's something labeling about it. Now, look, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's something. And again, I think it's down to the individual couple, to the the two of them together. How do they feel about each other and their relationship? Just because you might want to marry this one person, Mm. if you were in a different relationship, you might feel differently and go, "Eh, it's not that important to me. 
Yeah, well, I think that's where I'm at. It's sort of like, it's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I would say, oh, absolutely, I'm never getting married again. Because then if I say that, yeah. that almost feels like I'm sort of saying there was something wrong with actually marriage. my marriage. Yeah. There was nothing, wrong with, nothing marriage. wrong with my marriage. Yeah. There was something wrong with my relationship yes. with the person that I, I, that I ended up with that we just weren't right for each other. So it wasn't the marriage. It was the, it was the person that I picked. Well, see, here's my non-committal self again coming <laughs> up to say oh, that yeah. I, I don't like to speak in absolute absolutes really yeah like I don't I you know I did make that joke I'm never getting married again but you know I said that for about two weeks and I got over myself I would never say I'm never getting married again and I would never say oh my god I absolutely it's I have to it's my number one goal yeah you know I don't yeah I mean again it's kind of like the the what he posited in his book Mm. you know do you want happiness or do you want me yeah. It's kind of like, well, to most people who want to get married, specifically women, mm. do, do you want a ring and a fancy dress and a party? Well, and that's a piece what, of paper, well, that's or do you want the man to love you and you love him to the end of your days? What's more important? Well, that's my thing. Well, obviously, like, yeah. if you choose, you're going to choose the love. Because I just think from a logical Because weddings view- are societal. Marriage is societal, but love is real. Yeah. Well, that's why I think marriage is sort of... Uh, you know, well, for me, I just think the the only, you know, massive benefit from being actually married to somebody is if, you know, God forbid, something happens to them and they die. Of well, course, if, I mean, I have to look at it from that point, too. It's like you have your children actively involved in or sorry, your ex-husband actively involved in your children's lives. I don't have that. I, you know, like you do kind of go, well, if you got married again from a legal standpoint, yes, you'd have someone to make decisions for you if, if they need to pull the plug or not. Yeah. And, and unfortunately governments and laws and societies, they make it harder on people who aren't married. Yeah. Maybe they do that on purpose. I don't know. But, you know, up until very recently, people who weren't married had no rights in hospital situations, had no Mm. rights in medical uh, decision-making situations. They go, well, who are you? Well, there's always going to be that difficulty if if you're with somebody. You know, so if you're with somebody and you're married, like, you know, then obviously, you know, if something happens to either one Mm. of you, then there's more legal rights, you know, and more financial rights and things like that. But, you know, you're only looking at the worst case scenario. That's worst case scenario. You needing a caretaker. And yeah, absolutely. It's not necessarily needed, needed. No, but I mean, you know, apart from, you know, that aside... You know, the, I, I don't, you know. Well, what about, I'm, like, what about the, the the marriage, the couple that makes them feel good? That they, as much as they love each other and are in love, for whatever reason, they want just that extra bit of maybe it's even an imagined commitment or bond. Or even just so they can say, that's my husband, that's my wife. Oh, well, that's why I'm still maybe, open to it. We're right. Yeah, and that's why I sit on the fence. Or I yeah. sit on the fence with everybody, all my girlfriends. Well, look, I'm anyway. Yeah, you do. I'm but just that's not, okay. Again, non-committal. There's yeah, non-committal I know. Redmonds. I, I do that with everything. <laughs> I think I just don't like to be overly judgmental on stuff. And I just don't like to be Well, how long, let me, okay, how long were you with your ex before you finally married him? <laughs> and I'll tell you how long I was with mine before I finally married him. Okay, so we were together. I'm trying to think, actually. I have to, I have to think now um uh oh god actually do you know that's that's so funny Good question, to, okay, you so can't fucking you don't no, know do you <laughs> i know so let's say right so we got together jody Eight. earlier today i never forget anything i have oh, such a great memory i remember no, everything you're sitting here blanking uh, this one i'm okay 18 years ago we got together we're, we're, we're separated nearly five years mm. right so i'm thinking we were together about Three years, I think, or two years or three years when we got married. Mm. Something like that, I think. When I finally got married, 
finally got married. We had been together for, at that point, over four years, even with a break. Okay. We'd had a break in the middle of about nine months where we'd split up, broken up. Yeah. Got back together. Um, yeah, he had to beat me down the aisle. <laughs> and right. we didn't have a wedding because I right. was like, I was so, look, I know that looking back at the time, I can play dumb all I want, but I was a smart girl back then too. I uh, I kind of looked at it as, well, you made your bed. You're going to fucking lie in this one now. You are going to, you made your bed. Yeah. I, I just thought I was being the adult, yeah. responsible, mature, logical thing. And I also said, no, I don't want a wedding because I, I'm not going to waste that kind of money when I could put that towards a down payment on a house, which we ended up doing, you know, like a year later. Yeah. And that's fine. And so we bought a house instead. That's grand. We did go on a honeymoon if you want to call it that on a cruise to cabo and or cancun or wherever the fuck we went and it was not a happy joyous time it was quite miserable yeah so maybe you're you know would you think that maybe then your more need for uh or you know feeling around wanting to get married again is maybe just to get it more right that's a good question i think that's a fair question um yes and no because i don't think that if I never got married again, but I had a still a loving and tremendous and healthy relationship, I would still feel like I got this fucking right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. And then sometimes people do like to use, as you said, the word husband or wife. Yeah, that does kind of get me jollies going. Let's go. Oh, yeah. hello. I might need to change my knickers. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why that is. Maybe. Well, I mean, it's a terrible thing to make comparisons, but yeah. And previously, I used to cringe at saying that that was my husband. Oh, you fuck. That's my husband. Yeah. Because it was always on the tail end of some terrible news. Yeah. I mean, I actually, how he never really called me from jail, I don't know. He and got very, very lucky. And, so. what's the, and what's the word, you know, as we get older now, you know, what? like with finding um, a partner, do we say, oh, this is my partner? Oh. Or do we say, this is my girlfriend oh, or boyfriend? I don't it's so hard, like, especially at is, this age. Because you I feel do, like 12 I do, saying, yeah, this is my boyfriend. my boyfriend. I'm 41. <laughs> I have boyfriends. Yeah. Like... You know, you kind of go 10 years in the future. Am I going to be having, like, hot flashes going, my boyfriend? My boyfriend? Because I, I don't, don't really like the partner. word partner. I don't really I, like that. I don't know. We'll see in the States. for the, I don't know what the, what it means now because everything has changed. But in the yeah. United States, partner always implied uh, a homosexual relationship. Oh, right. Which okay. is fine because then I came over here and everybody was everybody's partner. And you're going, oh. And and they just mm. use it. It could be it could mean fiancé, spouse, mm. what at common law, whatever, just boyfriend, whatever. So everybody uses partner over here. And I'm kind of like, well, okay, shit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I'm not really bothered. Like, I mean, it's kind of cute still girlfriend and boyfriend. Well, but I was just thinking that. I mean, I was, it is. It's fine. I was kind I mean, of thinking, it. It I, don't know if I, it is. I don't know if I liked it when I was What younger. am I supposed to say? This is my manly friend. What do they call it? My lady friend? This <laughs> my is lover. My, this is my guy friend? No, I don't know. Wash, I mean... Yeah, I don't know, this actually. This is my special friend. <laughs> no. But no, this is what like we that. get back to, you know, is it, is, uh, you know, like, whatever about, you know, getting married, um, let's say, if the, like, let's say if you conventionally do it, like, the, I don't know what the right word is, correct way, you know, you meet somebody mm. and you supposedly fall in love and then you propose and you get married and then you have your children because you've mm. got your picket fence and all of that, right? Mm. So maybe the reasoning behind the marriage is one, because you supposedly love this person, but it's for the legalities around, you know, the protecting the family and mm. children and the financial thing around that. Because, mm. you know, I heard from somebody recently who had a friend and he was with his 
you know, partner and they had children, they were very happy and I'm sure had nothing else changed, they would have maybe stayed that way. But then he found out he had cancer. And so he wanted to protect her financially mm. Mm. Uh, and make sure that she was financially stable and okay once he wasn't here. So they got married. So that mm. way then she was going to be looked more after by the state in relation to Well, I mean, look, I mean, like, like with with wills and stuff like that and, and guardianships over children and stuff, like, you already mm. know you're fucked if anything happens to me because you're taking my kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. Poor Jody, yeah. like, she hasn't suffered enough in this life. My God, here's two more. Here's two more. That's okay. Uh, you lose your best friend and cousin and get... These two, you know, look, they come with a handsome fucking check attached to them. So I've got my life insurance, you know, right. So you'd be, you'd be like, oh, here, Liz, let me trip you downstairs. Yeah. Go on, Pat. Go in front of me. No, go in front of me. No, really go in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, she went. No, but, um, yeah. no, but I mean, look, I mean, just like, God forbid, if there was something like, if I'm suddenly a vegetable in the hospital bed. Yeah. And someone, let's see, you're you're out of the country on a holiday. What are those? We'll get to those again one day. Let's mm. say my boyfriend of however many years, he comes up to the hospital and he wants to take my children that are there waiting mm. on an adult to come. Are they going to, if he's not my next of kin, if he's not mm. my husband, are they going to mm. release these minor children mm. to the guy that shows up, even showing ID saying, well, I'm her boyfriend, th mm. that vegetable there in the coma. <laughs> you know, I'm taking these kids home to, to well, my again, house. You see, to, well, you know. this is where it just all comes down to like a legal thing. It's a bit like, well, it's you know, also for the protection of the family, even yeah. if it's a blended family. Yeah. Even yeah. if the kids aren't necessarily yours. So, I mean, I'm yeah. there. Like, look, I know there are a lot of people in this day and age aren't, especially young kids are not getting married and they don't see the this, that. And I get that. And that's fine. I don't want anyone to do anything they don't want to do. It's just like people who don't want to have kids don't have them. If you don't like, it's one of those things. If there's a question mark over it, I think you're open to either or. But if you yeah. know for certain that you do not want to have children, don't question that. Do not procreate. Yeah. Do not have children because you don't want them. You're going to be a crap parent. Yeah. Probably, yeah. most likely. Okay, you're going to be resentful. And why did I do this? Just please don't do it because there's enough shit parents out in the world. Yeah. We don't need any more. And they make little damaged human beings yeah. uh, who grow up to be very big damaged human yeah. beings. So don't have children if you know in your heart that you don't want to. Don't let anyone talk you into it. Same thing for marriage. If you are dead set against it, yeah. then don't do it for anyone else. Like we were talking about plastic surgery before. Mm, yes. You don't get plastic surgery for anybody else. You yeah. do that for you. You don't yeah. do this for anybody. You don't, I'm not going to change my careers and up and get this job to make somebody else happy. Yeah. No, yeah. you're going to do these things for yourself. But it's, you. it's thought provoking though, isn't it? The whole area around marriage. If it's not, if, if it's when you're younger and it's about, as they're protecting the family because mm. you're bringing children into whatever else. But if you're older and that's not happening, then what would marriage be about? Well, what look, it, you know, that's uh, well, the, but, look I've got lots of friends my age, younger, older, who are married couples and they don't have children and never wanted children and aren't going to have children. So my, in that example, well, why, why does anyone get married then? Not just later in life. Why does anyone get married if, 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 if we believe and convince ourselves that it's all about children, having children, raising children, it's, it's not, it's, I don't know. I think it's so individual, isn't it, Jody? It's down to each couple. Well, I think, you know, again, I think it just comes down to, you know, what like, the couple wants, really. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you're younger and it's maybe about, as it was, you know, as I said, you know, protecting, you know, children if anything happened, like that guy who mm. found out he was dying of cancer and so he wanted to make sure his wife, you know, that part Well, person, I mean, I know. have a friend who's getting married and, the, the you know, the couple, uh, she's in her 40s and he's in okay. his 30s and they're not yeah. going to have kids. They don't want kids, but they're yeah, getting married because they, they want to be married. They're in love and they want that level of commitment together and there is yeah. a level and element of protection in it. For yeah. the both of them. Well, I do quite like the idea of being maybe in the woods, like with lots of butterflies flying around me. And you know, oh, you and just want the ceremony. You just <laughs> yeah, want the butterflies. Exactly, yeah. Okay, I fair enough. Fair enough. The, right. the hummingbirds and the trees and the. <laughs> uh, you know that sounds lovely, but I've always been such a pessimist. I'm like a bird would shit on my head if I had an outdoor <laughs> wedding. Oh, is yeah, you know. But I well. Is Last like year, a- I got shit on by a bird in my in my in my field during the COVID pandemic. I oh, was yeah. I was jogging, right? I was trying to exercise. I was doing like lunges or something, and it was a warm day, and I was I was minding my own business, and suddenly I got the fright of my life. I didn't know what was happening. Mm. I thought something actually flew into my chest, like a like an animal, like a bird, yeah. Yeah. or I was having a heart attack or something. I felt this explosion on my tits, <laughs> on my cleavage, and I, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. And I looked down and I went, "What the hell?" And there was this purple stuff all over me. I'm going purple. Bird shit's white usually, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Or, or maybe even, well, ah, uh, do you oh. know what my field was full of? Elderberry trees. Oh. I had elderberry bushes or trees, nice. whatever they're called. So what did the birds eat? Elderberries and blackberries from the road. Nice. So their poop was purple. And I'll tell you, this stuff is so whose caustic. whose favorite color is that? My boyfriend's. Oh, and what date would that have been, I <laughs> oh, wonder? Oh, fuck, go fuck yourself, Jerry. <laughs> Listen to my bird poop story and quit mocking me, you silly cow. This stuff could strip the paint off my car, okay? Yeah. And it hit me right on the boobs, and I was telling everybody, I was like, isn't this supposed to be good luck? Oh, where's my good luck? Where's my good luck? But hey, I think I've had a bit of good luck, all things considered. Yeah. Consi- I mean, considering that this has been really shitty in the sense that it's the year I lost my dad. Yeah. But I've also had some tremendous, wonderful things happen. I mean... Mm. Uh, you know, I don't want to jinx the book or anything, but I mean, I've got publishers possibly looking at it. They read a couple first, the first ep- prologue and a couple f- chapters, and they asked to read a couple more. Now, I haven't heard another fucking word. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's not a good sign. But who knows? I still fucking wrote a book. I still completed a book. Well, I think this, look, I think with the <sighs> pandemic, I mean, I, if nothing else, it's certainly going to make us, you know, really examine things because, yeah. you know, it, it, we all, I think, probably took so much for granted. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, I think so. All and of I, it. And I think even just more, just we took people for granted. Time together. Yeah. Like, going to see friends, yes, all of it. Yeah. And I think, don't we appreciate that so much more? Yeah. You know, I mean, because you and I, like, we're very close and then, okay. There but was even more and so then, over but, yeah, the pandemic. And then we've come back again. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that, it, you know, even for me, I was not wanting to meet anybody else mm. after my ex, not because, oh, my marriage was horrific or that person's horrific or anything like that. But I was just like, no, I'm done. You just you wanted know, to I, break. You wanted to be on your own and kind of chill for a bit. Well, I, think I, I that's just good. think it's, I, I think I've just had a very traumatic, you know, 20 years, mm. you know, when I think about, you know, 20 years ago I you know buried my partner and then in that time then I met somebody else and I didn't get that right and was trying to get that right um you know so in the in the 20 years I've had two losses and then my you know then losing my mom last year but I think you know the pandemic for me between my mom dying and the pandemic and the lockdown it really made me uh you know kind of look at stuff and kind of go 
Well, hang on a minute. You know, not everyone's going to necessarily go and die. Not, I'm not necessarily not going. Anyway. Well, no, not straight. Well, not, yeah. not straight away, no, right? Like, yeah, but that fear of maybe losing a partner isn't maybe realistic. No, and I've kind of got past that. I got past that a long time ago. I, I, I remember when I first got with, with this ex-husband, you know, I was quite nervous about, you know, losing somebody again in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of got mostly past that now. And I think that in the time that I was single, I think I've needed to be single this length of time. Yeah. I think it's taken this time for me to really heal, to be able to actually be alone, to really look and examine, you know, me as a person and what I'm into, what I'm not into. I'm not talking about another person. I'm just talking about like, yeah, just myself. Do I like to paint? I like to paint. Do I like to do pottery? I did pottery. That was fun. You know, I I joined a Scrabble club. Am I good at it? No, my friends would confirm I'm shit, but I love it. My spelling is atrocious, <laughs> considering I thought tsunami began with an S. Uh-huh. What if it gets with a T? You're not live that <laughs> no. <way. laughs> you know what, though? That's one way to get your spelling better. Well, you know, look, yeah. the thing is, I have no shame. I mean, when I was, you know, a much younger girl, uh, I was extremely shy and very self-conscious. And I remember as a young kid and probably right up until my, well, I would probably say right up until I kind of hit around the 40 mark actually there was lots of things that I would have been very conscious about and whereas now I have actually no shame um I will do something and it doesn't like like that let's say like 20 years ago I probably would have ended up in tears over embarrassment of not of you know thinking tsunami <laughs> begins with an s oh, and not no. a t oh yeah I would put money on oh, it but whereas now honestly genuinely I'm that still with that that it does not bother me and when I joined the Scrabble Club I remember a couple of my my girlfriends saying to me one in particular said oh my god there's no way I could join a Scrabble Club my spelling's not good enough I wouldn't know the words blah 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 but well to be honest I just actually was like I actually don't care and you know one of my really good girlfriends is in the Scrabble Club with me. I mean, she, she. I mean, her and another girl <laughs> so competitive. They would come up with words, and I go, "Excuse me, That's really? Not it's not a word." Oh, it bloody was! Yeah. But I just had actually more fun with it yeah and i think well, that's look, i mean jody not everybody is meant to win at scrabble no there has to be some well losers. i'm just well i look i'm not a competitive person so i'm not somebody that cares whether uh, i win or lose I, kind of am, so I know that's so funny whereas i just cool. don't cool. When it comes oh to football, i want to whip your ass i don't care who you are the Virgin Mary, I'll fucking whip her. Well, maybe Tekken. I do like to win in Tekken, oh, which I naturally do. But I'm, you know, but I wouldn't be a sore loser. But I think, you know, for me, the definitely in the last eighteen months, going through this pandemic and my mum dying, it did maybe kind of just pause for a second. I suppose because I was pushed into a real area of aloneness. Mm, you know, we were, were put so into isolation. Yeah. So I was here on my own with two children. I wasn't getting to see my friends. I wasn't getting to see my sisters, my mom. Yeah, my mom, who was the closest pivotal person to me, was gone. All of a sudden, I was on my own. And it really made me take pause and kind of look and go, hang on a minute. You know, okay, I didn't get the last relationship right. It doesn't mean I wouldn't get the next relationship right. And maybe there is a person floating around out there somewhere that maybe I'm going to click with. And what am I waiting for? I'm going to be long enough time dead. Waits for no yeah. And I looked and I thought, in 24 years time, 
I'm going to be my mother's age. And when I look at how quickly the, tw- the last 20 years has gone mm-hmm. and you put another four years on that, yes, I just kind of went, lot. holy shit. The whole of our lives. Hello, online dating. Here I come. Oh my God. The whole of our lives. <laughs> the whole of our lives are going to fly by. And yeah. I knew it when I was five. I actually had a creepy, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast before, if mm-hmm. I've ever discussed this with you. I had a very weird kind of premonition, I hate to say, but m- my dad was turning, I was only about five or six, so he would have been turning 47, 48. Mm-hmm. I absolutely freaked. I burst into tears on his birthday and he's hugging me and going, what's wrong? And I said, because I've only just turned, I was just a baby. Like I remembered, I was like, I was only little a minute ago and I've just turned five or six or whatever the age was. I think it was five. And you just had your birthday last year and you were 47 and now you're 48. And it went by like that. And he, my dad would say this to me as I was growing up, we would talk about it. We both remembered that incident. Uh, Cause what what did I say to him? It's just time goes so fast that I'm going to turn around and you're going to be 85, 100 and you're going to be dead. And and didn't I fucking speak it into existence in a way? Because he didn't die in his 40s or 50s. He made it into his 80s. And but look, I uh, hit losing him. I've dreaded it for fucking 41 years. Yeah. Yeah. I dreaded it. I dread. I dreaded it. But and I knew. And of course, everyone, you know, everyone goes through this in some way shape or form but i knew how fast it was going to go and i'm sitting here now at 41 telling you that in another split multiverse in another universe 16 year old liz is sitting here talking to 21 year old jody yeah and and it was only moments ago i know it It does feel like moments moments ago ago. that's right yeah even decades yeah even decades ago and that was what five kilometers from here where yeah only at the road i can remember i can remember the inside of that house yeah in i you know your granddad's house i can remember i can remember the feel of the dress i wore a lot that summer that i was here in 96 yeah passing apparently by my now boyfriend in the next bleed in estate you know never having met but being in the same like two kilometers of space you know i can remember the flight over like it was yesterday i can remember things from my early early childhood like everybody's life and we all comment on comment on it more as we get older because it does go so fucking fast but even when i was a kid 21 i went well god damn where did that come from i'm 21 that was a you know and then 25 26 27 you're going whoa 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 whoa. slow down slow down slow down i just had a birthday what's going on hey hey back it up (laughs) 30 35 40 and you go okay so it takes you about 40 years to cop on to the fact that (laughs) yes you are gonna die uh time waits for nobody yeah yeah time doesn't give a shit about your anxiety your fears your bullshit excuses yeah get the fuck on with it like for example and this is something that really surprises a lot of people because of my performance background i was extraordinarily shy like yourself up until i was about 10 and my dad threw me into acting classes Uh, yeah i wanted to act but mostly because i was so painfully shy i could barely fucking speak yeah so then i did four years of acting classes and then i went to a performing arts school high school for four years i mean by the time i i did professional plays i acted with my father i got paid i did re- concert readings with a broadway show i did all kinds of shit. by the time i was 18 i had already worked as a professional actress i did uh irish dancing in public belly dancing in public then when i was 25 or 26 I decided I'd wanted to do stand-up comedy for ages. Yeah. But I knew at 18, I was like, I'm not funny. I don't have any life experience. I have nothing to write about. What am I going to talk to these people about? So give it a few years. 
and 26, I start doing stand-up. My fear, my stage fright has always been up here. Yeah. And people don't think that. They think, oh, but you're so confident and you're so easy to talk to. You can talk to anybody. Yeah, I can. That doesn't bother me. But getting on stage is really hard for me. Or, you know, and I think it took, like you say, you have no shame now and you don't care and that comes with age. Even after all those years of performing and auditioning and get and and getting some shows and getting turned down on it and going for movie auditions and never getting a fucking one of them getting callbacks two and three but never yeah. actually getting the role which because it's a very you know industry full of rejection yeah. but it took me taking a step back from performance after i moved mm-hmm. here and saying you know what fuck it all i don't care anymore i'm not going to do it anymore yeah giving up acting giving up stand-up just to focus on being a mom and having and being away from performing for me to now, the little bit that I got to go back to stand up before COVID hit, I still was nervous. Yeah. I was still walking up to the stage going, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you do this to yourself? Yeah. But I enjoyed it in a way that I've never enjoyed it before. Yeah. I destroyed the stage. I had a fantastic fucking time. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So it's almost like. The pandemic, so much things, so many things were taken away from us mm. that we did take for granted. Yeah. That you kind of go, no, I need to go back to that. And I think the same for performance now. I'm not going to say that I don't suffer from stage fright or that I don't get nervous. Of course I do. I probably always will to some extent because you care and you want to give the audience a good show. Yeah. So that does give you a bit of yeah, nerves. Of it also gives you a bit of adrenaline to go on mm. and give a good show with high energy and stuff. But all that to say that my kind of stepping back from that thing was what made me realize yeah. how much I needed it. Yeah. And so you taking time out after your marriage yeah. to kind of simmer. Yeah. And think about yourself. And think, mm. You took a lot of time after yes. the breakup of yeah. your, almost too much. Yeah. Yeah. Almost too much. But you took the time to really sit back about what it was that you needed, what you missed. And what was it? It was human connection, affection, sex, love. You yeah, did want I, a relationship. Yeah, I think I didn't miss that for a long time because I think I got it so wrong and it so didn't exist in my in my marriage on that kind of level yeah. that I think that, you know, obviously when that marriage ended, there was a huge amount of grief around that mm. in not in not getting what I would have liked then maybe then through, you know, counselling, not realising, not getting what I really should, I deserved. Yes. And then you've got children who are upset and not understand the dynamic of yeah. that breakup. So I was dealing with my own self and my children and trying to get them better. And then just, you know, uh, maybe when it would have been time for me to start thinking about, you know, maybe entering a relationship, of course, then my mom got sick. Mm. So the focus then became around that. And then she got very sick and then it was very full on. And then my children had a couple of illnesses. So I think it just sort of snowballed that, you know, maybe where naturally somebody might after 18 months, two years, maybe you be ready. couldn't. I, yeah. I just wasn't in a position. So it ended up being four years before I actually, you know, ventured out with the help of my sister. One of my sisters sort of saying, Jody, you know, you're kind of wasting away mm-hmm. there. Me kind of thinking in the background, oh, it would be nice to maybe right. be with somebody. But yes, I think I realized actually that, yeah, like what you just said there. Yeah. You know, just having my person, the love and affection, someone to snuggle up with, share things with. And, you know, I think if you're with the right person, mm. that's just going to feel like. Oh, home, it is. I mean, like it? when, look, when you said to me, get your ass on online dating, I thought yeah. you were bonkers because <laughs> I had only been a few months split up 
from yeah. my last relationship, but also it wasn't a traumatic relationship. Yeah. You know, whatever his issues, he was a nice enough guy. Like you say, sometimes it was almost like a buffer relationship yeah. after the trauma of my divorce yeah. and my ex-husband. Yeah. So I was ready to date a lot sooner than you were. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and quite frankly, it's the best thing I've ever done. I mean, I'm glad that I listened to you. Well, that's because I'm bossy. Yes, you are. <laughs> I need you get on. Gentlemen, pay attention. She's got a whip in their closet. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> well, I, I do think I probably, uh, you know, waited a bit too long in a sense. Nearly. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, it is what it is. Because people now. can start to get institutionalized. We're seeing it with COVID. People are now yeah. going, oh. I have to meet my friend for coffee and then I have to go to do this and then I have to do this and I'm exhausted because people are exhausted because we haven't been doing it. Yeah, we haven't been yeah. normal for so long. So oh, you almost waited too long. I think I did. I think definitely four or five years is way too long. I do think probably maybe a couple of years is enough uh, depending on the situation. Well, I was just going to say depending on the person and depending on the yeah. relationship and how yeah. they feel about it. Some mm. people I think like you were saying about that one friend of mine just mm. fucking get back on that horse right now. Oh yes. Right now. Now, I, I sometimes think, yes, absolutely. I think sometimes you just have to kind of, you know, yes, you had to very... draw a line under that. That was a bunch of bullshit. Time to move on. Well, yes, that yes, that poor girl end up with the wrong person who basically did a despicable thing. Uh, what was that? Three, four days ago, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Best thing for that would be just to go straight, back, straight out there. back out there. Yeah, I think so. In that situation, yes, because we're not talking about that. It was a 14 year marriage with. This no, that was. See, that's, that's the see, thing this is, is the thing you were in a really. Yeah. I was that in a long-term yeah. re relationship. That takes it out of you. And there was children. It's a completely, completely different, different dynamic animal. Yeah. Than, yeah, than being with somebody. And, for and almost sometimes heartbreak like that, you do kind of go, I have to look at what's in front of me. Consider the source. Anyone who could act that negative and that toxic, fuck that shit. Scrape yeah. that shit off the bottom of your shoe because yeah. that's what it is. It's some shit that got stuck on your shoe. Yeah. Put on some other shoes. Put on some your catch me fuck me heels and go out and, yeah. and take the world by storm. Yeah. Just, what is it? I think it was... Who was it? Coco Chanel said, when you feel sad, add more lipstick and attack. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, yeah, girl, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I do think so. So, I mean, I think, you know, I was really nervous about getting on the online dating to begin with. And I found it very overwhelming, very strange. I'd not done it before, mm. you know, and it made me question a lot of stuff. But then I kind of had fun with it in the end because it was sort of like it was a bit like my journey you know let's say two years into my marriage breakup where I started to sort of look at what what am I into mm. and it, with the online dating it was kind of the same type of thing I started to look at what kind of person would I, I like to be with what do I what do I want yeah. what do I need what do I desire yeah. in somebody and and actually as it's turned out it's quite different my actual needs in somebody or has it's turned out has been quite different to what I actually originally thought I was looking for. So, yeah, yeah, isn't that something? I'll leave yeah. it at that. Oh my goodness. Sometimes we end up <laughs> with the opposite of what we think we need. Well, we end up I... with exactly what we actually need. What you actually need and what you actually want, maybe. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, for myself, all I can say is I guess I didn't know what the fuck I was asking. I was just kind of was like, <laughs> I was just like, well, whatever. I'm happy to be alone. I, I literally thought to myself, I ain't gonna find shit. Ever. Yeah. Living in, in, in Louth in Ireland. What are the odds? I was like, yeah, my person's probably in fucking Australia, married with eight kids, you know, oh, yeah. like and there's no... Just let's let our listeners know how long it took Elizabeth for your sassy ass to actually meet somebody mm, go and rub it in I don't know five weeks six weeks I don't know, yeah maybe a little bit longer no six weeks max okay six <laughs> weeks from the time maybe I got online dating to chatting 
with yeah. him. And then, yeah. you know, but, well, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's the luckiest I've ever been in my life, okay? I can <laughs> try to speak stuff into fruition. I'm like, man, these Euro million numbers look good. <laughs> yeah, but could that have been from a place of, that you were coming from a massive place of, Awareness. Oh, Lord. Anthony DeMello, God rest your soul. <laughs> no, RIP. She's plugging your ass. But maybe you well, went out yes. with, with, even though you, you didn't go out going, oh, yeah, but you went out. I went out with a sense of awareness about myself. Yes. And one thing I will say is that I'm very aware about myself is that I often talk too fucking much. And we're going to have to wrap <laughs> this podcast up, even though it's good and juicy like I a know. steak, like I can cook them. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for joining us as we blabber on some more about, well, life, love, energy, and all that shite. Yes. We will uh, set up another podcast ASAP. And you guys enjoy the heat wave. I'm certainly not. No. I want to go get into a cold shower. But uh, lots of reasons I need to take a cold shower. All right. Say goodnight, Jody. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> it's two in the afternoon. Yeah. Good night. Thank you, listeners. Bye. <laughs>